The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. All right, film breakdown uh, today on the show. Defensive film breakdown only. I know yesterday's show was very long. I would urge all of you, okay, listen very carefully. I know that you probably couldn't listen to the whole thing yesterday, but go back if you didn't make it to the end and listen to the last 10 to 15 minutes of conversation between the two of us about Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and the various questions we posed to one another. Uh, I would urge you to do that if you didn't get a chance to get to the end. Today is going to be all defensive film breakdown off of a dominating defensive performance over a terrible Nick Mullins and 49ers team. We're going in-depth, play-by-play. The The Cooley Cooley Film Breakdown. Here's Cooley and Kevin. You know, when I watched this game and then I watched this game again on film, Kevin, I thought, why didn't Kyle continue to run the football? And there are points in this game where I think he could have continued to run it. Right. Decent runs on first down and then not sticking with it on second down. But I sat here and I charted it as I was waiting for you this morning. In, in the first <laughs> half of this ball oh, Really? Game, you were waiting for me? Well, you were busy doing stuff. Well, no, I was busy doing stuff, and you were, and I said, "Can we go early this morning?" And you said, "Yes." And I said, nine thirty my time." You said, "Yes," and then you said, "Hey, I'm ready to go right now." I said, "Give me fifteen minutes." And, and so, as fi- I was waiting for you for fifteen, that 15 minutes, minutes later, I, I sent you the Zoom link, and fifteen minutes after that, you dialed in. All right, continue. Well, about nine minutes of that was my computer dialing in. Okay. <laughs> It's amazing. But, yeah, so I charted this in the first half. They had nine runs on first down. They had nine passes on first down, and two of them were two-minute passes on first down. So, really, their first down plays were fairly balanced in the first half as far as just the first down run pass calls. They were not completely unbalanced in the second half. You know, they ended up having six or seven runs on first down. It just didn't seem to me like they stayed with the run game when they had opportunities to stay with it. And I think a couple of those situations are just good run on first down, pass on second down, incomplete, or something short of the chains. And then Washington did a tremendous job stopping San Francisco short on a lot of third downs that were third and twos, third and fours, third and threes. And they, they were really good in third down defense. They were really good in third down defense. Made some big plays in this game. Uh, let's start with the defensive line. I think we, it's funny. We usually start on offense with the quarterback and skill. And we always start on defense with the defensive line. I, I just think the defensive line is the most exciting part of the film breakdown. And it's, it's going to be good. Y- yeah. You know that. Yeah. Young, except for what you just said, that you think Kyle should have continued to run the ball. And on Monday, when we recapped the game, I said, you know, I, I, I have one nit to pick. And it was they got run on a little bit in the first quarter. You know they 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 gave up fifty four yards in the first quarter, five point four yards per carry, ten carries. And I thought that if they had stuck with it, um, that maybe they could have had more success. I know that they got better and more stout against the run, but if you go back to the last team that tried to run the ball against them, Detroit, uh, the Lions, they ran it successfully in that game too. So. I mean, I guess ultimately this will lead to whether or not you think um, maybe a vulnerability of this defense is, 
you know, at times run defense or discipline in the run defense. But go ahead. Let's start with. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you you talk about that. And the last time they really got run on was by the Giants. And that was a gap scheme inside type of run game. The Lions ran it against them. They, they, the Lions ran it a little bit. You're right. They, they had some success. And that was also some gaps teams and in, inside stuff. The, San Francisco's predominantly a perimeter-type team as far as the run game, or at least it starts with the perimeter. And they had a good game plan for getting to the edge. You know, They took Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen out of some of these plays immediately, stretching the edge. And some of the plays they had, they did a nice job of influencing, influencing the defensive end. Um, using a tight end and fullback to double team them, and so you, you take that tight end and you wide hard, wide and hard release. And if he goes with him, the defensive end goes with the tight end. The tight end will take him. If the defensive end goes inside, then the fullback comes and scoops him up. And they got to the edge a couple times with that, uh, especially on Chase Young. Got beat a couple times with that. Ryan Kerrigan got beat bad later in the game on that type of play. Uh, Kyle calls that play Zorro. I don't know why. I always fought that with him. I'm like, why are we calling it Zorro? It's between the Y and the T or the Y and the U. Let's call it something else. Zorro's a stupid name for it. But that's what he calls that play, Zorro. Okay. Um, it's good with the outside, wide and outside linebacker. You know, they, they took advantage of some of those things where you put a lot of pressure on the linebackers to really flow or the safeties to really come down and make plays. And the receivers did a pretty good job blocking early in that game. You know, one adjustment I think that was really interesting was if you go back and you watch this game, the first two drives, Washington's in a five-man front essentially playing a three, four type look the touchdown drive early in the game. They went four down the entire drive. And then they came back out after that and said, no, 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 we'll go back to the five down front. Right. So they played a five down look and it's, 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 it is a three, four look. I think you would in what they're playing, they'd call it an under defense, but it's a three, four look where you're, you have Tim Settle, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne all inside, and Montez Sweat and Chase Young on the outside just with their hands in the dirt versus stand-up outside linebackers. And they brought almost every time they ran that look, they especially in first and second down, they, they brought all five of them, run or pass. They played coverage behind it, but it was, a, it was five-man pressures. I always thought Greg Minuski should have done that way more when they were in their 3-4, when they didn't have outside linebackers who could drop. Yeah. but I bet there's a lot more like, that you wish Minuski had done. Yeah, there's a lot more. I like will a, say a this, lot though. More skull I think, cracking. Yeah, a lot more skull cracking. <laughs> so stupid. Cracking skulls and taking names. I mean, really, there's... like if you want to have a nit to pick only one of them, there was a third and four that they ended up completing. They dropped both Montez sweat and chase young and they blitzed Bostic. It ended up being a DPI and Everett that was still complete. And he had Mullins had tons of time to throw. And you're watching this like, Hmm, I'm going to drop Montez sweat and chase young. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the yeah. one where I uh, got, uh, it was an amazing catch where Shazer hit him in the back. It was a DPI called on Chaser, but he still caught it. Yeah. I, no, I know, yeah. I know the play. That's the play. It's a third and four. They dropped both of those two. And I can just see, like, Del Rio sitting in his office, like, they'll never see this coming. <laughs> no one would believe I would do this. This shit is crazy. <laughs> I love Trump. Uh, but he, but he, yeah, I love Trump. But, but, he, did, but he did it. He did it. And and afterwards, he's like, ah, oh, damn. Uh, almost worked. Uh, it could have worked. Yeah. I thought it might. But now somebody else is going to have to prepare for us dropping those two monsters into coverage. Right. This is, hey, we're not losing this game. This is, we're putting some stuff. We're putting some tendencies on tape, and we'll break them because we'd never drop both of those guys into coverage again. <laughs> I, I, you know, next week I might drop Ron Payne too, and then we'll just bring some second. We'll bring all our secondary players, and we'll drop our defensive line. Nobody's ever seen that. We'll see if Payne and Allen can cover some of their receivers. This is actually. I want to put these guys through a quiz. I want to <laughs> play on the back end. This is just funny. It was it was a really good defensive performance, and Del Rio did a really good job adjusting throughout the game. So it was a good plan. It was a good performance. It's just one play. Yeah. It was a stupid idea, though. 
Bonehead. (laughs) Chase Young. Uh, The positives. Wow. The speed early in the game, rallying downfield on the college screen. Amazing speed. Yeah. Great job. Again, drop the college play. That's what you call it. I like the name of that. I, 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 I actually... I actually thought about this. Sorry to deviate again to make this a longer podcast, but my offense that I'm creating, I'm going to name the college play after who created that play? Who was first uh, with that? I, I, I know, think Montana, University of Montana used to run the hell out of it. I might, I might call it Montana. My boys and I back in the '90s when Spurrier was coaching Florida. And you started to see the you know the wide receiver bubble screen, which the NFL didn't run. And I, it may not have been Spurrier; he may have gotten it some from somewhere else. But you just saw a lot of Danny Werfel and a lot of Florida quarterbacks throwing that bubble, and it was like we just referred to it as the college play, you know, the yeah. college play, the one where they because really wide receivers, you know, in. In the seventies, eighties, in college, in the, right. in the seventies and eighties, there's always like the quick pop pass out to the receiver, like, "Hey, just be ready." Right when I snap it, I'm throwing it out to you. But it wasn't with a host of blockers coming down to create, you know, an inside no. tunnel off of it. So it was the original RPO, yeah, but it wasn't an RPO; it was a called play. No. Yes. We used to run. You didn't have to have that as a called play. We used to run that all the time, where there's a called run, and if the receiver has leverage or the DB's off, the quarterback. I'm talking about the college the play. I'm talking about the tunnel or oh, the screen. original tunnel screen. That's a called play. Started. That is yes. That is a called play. Yeah, that, but that, the pop pass. No, the pop pass is an RPO. It's the original RPO. Sure. You, you know what? If you do what I do once every few months and uh-huh. you watch old games on YouTube and a lot of old Washington games with Billy Kilmer at quarterback and some of these and Theismann, I, you know, there was probably a lot of pop pass RPOs back then because you just picture, uh, you know, longtime fans. How many times did Theismann take a snap under center, never in shotgun, and just quickly throw it out to Art Monk? You know, just quickly throw. How many times did Billy Kilmer quickly just throw it out to Frank Grant? <laughs> There's a name from the past for some of you. Um, it, it, and that probably was like, you know, hey, we, we're, we're going to run it if, you know, they're not, you know, loaded in the box. And if not, we're going to run the old, we didn't call it RPO. We're going to run the old option uh, alternative play, the pop pass to our wide receiver. And then he'll just try to juke the corner and get five yards. RPO. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to call mine to the left Florida and to the right Gator. How about that? That's the old college play. All right. Spur, All right. Spurrier recognition. Ball coach. Oh, you could call it Spurrier too. That that has an R in it. That's nice. So the right's going to be Spurrier, the left's going to be Florida. All right. Back to Chase Young. Great speed on that play. Uh great speed on the first sack that he had where he's dropping as a zone lurking defender into a man coverage defense, but he's a lurking defender, but great reaction to come up and hit the quarterback on that play. And I love that he doesn't fall for the pump fake. Like this is the worst when guys come up and then the, the quarterback's like gives that token, like throw it. No, he ain't falling for that crap. <laughs> right. Uh, Force fumble from the backside down the line of scrimmage to get the ball out on who is who's the Wilson he's so fast on the line of scrimmage I mean sweat initially makes that play we'll talk about that but great job forcing that ball out constantly falling back into the run on the front side of run plays does a really good job even though he gets stretched sometimes by Trent Williams especially on that side he still gets back into the run on some of those things the scoop and score was incredible you know terrible ball security though if you watch that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah like well, he, the ball's just hanging out there <clears throat> d'angelo d'angelo called it as look at him there goes sweetness as in walter payton because walter payton always carried the ball that way yeah uh athletic play though really athletic play that that's the play that tells everybody that they need to scoop and score yeah why would you fall on the ball when i can do that right sean taylor because most of you, you can't do that what did you think when Sean Taylor, for the first time, just scooped and scored? Uh, you know, whether it was the Philly game or the playoff game or, what, you know, all of those things. Again, like, like, you're asking me a question like I didn't know he could do that. Well, I... You know, like, this is like, you're asking a... I, 
I've discussed with you just how incredibly athletic Chase Young is from play one. I know. So what do I think? But I, I think he's really good. I'm not surprised. When did you know that Sean Taylor was like a freak? Like the first day of practice? First day of practice. Really? Yeah. I usually knew who was going to make the team to the last two or three when I was playing right. within the first three days of practice. Yeah. So it's uh, not – it's really – there's there's about ten guys on every team, at least ten, that you're like, ooh, this dude's sweet. And then there's another 20 that you're like, solid starter for sure. Right. And then the, then there's the other 20 or 30 in training camp that you're like, he ain't making this team. <laughs> <laughs> there's only about 20 guys every training camp to make the last 10 spots that you're deciding on. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chase Young's never going to be one of those guys. He's incredible. He had a batted ball on a third and six in the fourth quarter. Probably he's going to be complete for a first down. It's a huge play in the game as well uh he was all over the field he made a boatload of plays he had a couple batted balls he has the scoop and score he has the force fumble he has the sack you know the negatives i think he could have did a better job on the edge in the run game and i think san francisco did a good job of keeping him unsure you know they had him pinned on the edge on a debo fly sweep the first play of the game the tight end i talked about that little fullback defensive end double team play he hasn't seen that yet you know what I mean? Like that—that's a play he hasn't quite seen yet. Right. You know, I, I haven't seen anybody run that on him, and very few teams do run that type of play because almost nobody uses a fullback anymore. Kev. Right. Uh, he had a defensive offsides lined up in the neutral zone. He was in the neutral zone. It I wasn't even close. It was weird. Agreed. It, I think that's the second time he's done that this year. You know that. I don't know, man. That would be one of those things that, as a coach, would drive me freaking nuts. Look, we can't actually do what we want to do on this play if the flag's going to fly before you know anything happens i mean you got to line up not in the neutral zone <laughs> you can't be in the neutral zone that should be one of the first things like am i lined up okay okay i am now let me go wreak havoc <laughs> it shouldn't even be discussed <laughs> well it should be if it it's happens like, more than once right. how many of you here this pop warner seven eight Seven, eight-year-olds. How many of you have played football before? Okay, you guys, so you understand, if you're playing D-line, you got to go behind the ball. Yeah, the rest of you, here's the line. You have to start behind that line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mistake. mean, I think sometimes, you know, even with, you know, players who are experienced and older, sometimes it is not, it's not underrated to state the obvious. And then restate it, and then restate it. And then restate it. Yeah, I would. Until it becomes ingrained. You're right. I, I got no problem with that. It just sucks when you're in week 12 of an end of week 14 of an NFL season. And you're like, all right, guys, come on in here. Look, we got to line up on sides. We're going to have to line up on sides. Lucas did it on the other side. Yeah. Lucas did it early in the game on the other side. Right. Lined up too deep in the backfield. Big corny. Uh, you, and you got to be way offsides to get called in the NFL. It's true. It's like it's almost like the traveling in basketball. Do you know how many times in watching an NFL game I think somebody's in the neutral zone? The first thing I do is look for that you know line judge to see if he's reaching for his flag. And when yeah. he doesn't, so many times I'm like, was it the t- TV angle? I, I just looked like that guy's helmet was on the other side of the ball. Like he was like, sometimes they just miss it. They just don't want to call it. Yeah. I do it all the time when you go two receivers to a side or three receivers to a side where there's no tight end on that side. And it looks like both of them are off the ball or both of them are on the ball. It's like, who's on here? Who's on and who's off? I'm really not sure. I mean, one of them definitely pointed at the side judge and said, I'm on. But, okay, anyways, let's move on. Yeah. Really, there's only another – there's one more run play on that first drive down towards the red zone. It was a bigger run – that ended up getting them all the way down pretty close. You know, they the tight ends lined up over Young. He arcs out wide and blocks camera curl. Young comes upfield, and they kick him out from the backside with the fullback. And it's like, that's, again, I used to love when we run that, when we ran that play. That, that's one of my favorite plays in 
Kyle's offense. Which play? It's the first and five. Actually, the play after Chase Young lined up in the neutral zone. It's on the touchdown drive going in. Yeah. Um, it's really it, it ends up being like a weak side zone play that's fully to the strong side. It's it's an awesome play. So they arc the tight end over Young. They get a heck of a double team on I think Jonathan Allen, the D tackle, and then they short fly juice check to kick out Chase Young. Yeah. So and they do what is one of your favorite things, toss to influence the defense. Right. So they it's a it's a quick little toss to a really almost a what is a weak side zone play. They call it weak side zone because Kyle called this Wanda, and then they kick out Chase Young. Like he just hasn't felt this before. If you watch this play, tight end arcs, he goes flying up field. He doesn't see juice check on the short fly motion, gets kicked out, and then here goes Wilson up the middle. It's a cool little play. I think they could have ran that play more too. Don't you love both Mostert and and Wilson? By the way, I think he's got the same incredible feel and vision. Both of them do. I think Mostert's a more physical back with a little bit better vision and right. hits the hole a little bit quicker, but I do like Wilson. I just – the play in particular that we're talking about that I think is an 11-yard gain, it didn't take feel or vision here. <laughs> it was tossed to him. The, the, there's a huge gash to run through. Got it. But, yeah, I do. They're, they're both good backs. So, yeah, like the thing is when you look at Chase Young, when you – overall grade is is there there are some negative plays in this game but the overwhelming positive plays he made changed the game right like I, I, the game i cut three touchdowns against the dallas cowboys yep 2005 like dog crap in the second half of that game but that's an a performance by me <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't play well in the second half of that no, game. no I, I the game was over right they kept putting me in the backfield making me do these kickout blocks. And I'm like, dude, I scored three touchdowns. Stop, <laughs> stop playing me a fullback. <laughs> making me yeah. kick out defensive ends. Like, this is garbage. I'm not doing this stuff. Let's keep throwing the ball. So it was Young an A-plus? Yeah, Young's an A-plus, man. Okay. How did Montez he do in, in, in his matchups against Trent? Whenever he was matched up against Trent. I, I mean, not bad at all. He had a couple decent rushes. They, put, they moved him all over the field, too. Yeah. They, they've been doing that all year. Not as much as this game. Okay. This game, I saw Montez Sweat lined up on the other side more times than I had in the past. Got it. But I thought I thought he did well. And I mentioned, you know, some of the run plays at him where Trent's blocking him. He gets moved a little bit initially, and Trent's Trent's tough, man. But he's still finding a way to fall back into place. I was, I mean, it was just a huge game. Montez Sweat, uh, really good on the edge, holding the point. Still almost slipping inside, making plays. Uh, cross face on the backside of a run play. They tried to block him with Bourne at one point. <laughs> it was funny that they tried that. That's silly. Some of the good plays they had. They think they're going to block Montez Sweat with Bourne on the backside. Please. Attack for loss there. Uh, awesome pressure off of Trent Williams. Uh, it uh, forces an incomplete pass in the second quarter. Uh, throw away ball by Mullins would have been an easy completion to the middle of the field. Huge pressure there, pressure right there. Tackle on an inside zone in the third quarter. It was the third on the third and twenty-four for a no gain. But those are big plays. That third and twenty-four, they try to run that little inside zone play, and a lot of times you you get eight nine yards, and that's big field position difference. Sure. Tackle for no gain is huge there. Great penetration on the forced fumble by Chase Young. You know, he forces that back to slow down. He he is they're trying to pin him with use use check. Yep. Trying to out leverage and pin sweat. He is five yards up the field. The back has no chance. He's got to stop right there. Use check stays on him just enough, but Chase Young's got plenty of time with that to come down the backside. That's a collaborative effort right there. That was a great play by Montez Sweat. Uh, a rally tackle on Ayuk on a college screenplay at the end of the first half. It's the play before the fumble six. Right. That's a big play, Kev. Yeah. I mean, that's it's Montez Sweat is high motor too. And oh he is fast God, down yeah. the field. He he's big time. The sack out of the pocket. He had a sack in this game in the third quarter. Really, Jonathan Allen just missed a sack and handed it to Montez Sweat, but still could rally down the line of scrimmage and get that sack right there. Great rush late in the third quarter. forces a holding call on a big born reception on a third and two. 
that was critical. Bourne had that big play on a third and two that would have converted right there. Uh, he beat Moreland, and right there, Sweat would have had a sack. If McGlinchey doesn't hold him, it would have been a sack. They called holding. It was clearly holding. Right. It was so holding that I'm watching the game in real time, and I'm like, there's a hold. Yeah. He had the roughing the passer on the touchdown drive that ended up giving them a conversion on a third down. That was a dumb penalty. But I still – I they call that so so flippantly now. Flippantly. They do. Oh, he hit him. He knocked him down late. He's definitely roughing the passer. Montez Sweat was an A. John Payne. God, just great initial push on the center in some of the zone run plays. Even at times when he got behind the center, the ability to just shove the center back into the play is amazing. He's so strong. I want to say this too before, like just watching Payne again in this game, he is really fast. Oh my God, he's so athletic. He is really, he's really fast. I'm so surprised that he's not just a little bit better in terms of being a pass rusher. Yeah. He just doesn't have the moves that... He, he, if he develops one or two moves or gets a little bit be- better at a couple of them, I mean, God. Yeah. He, I, he's, but he can I'm surprised run. you're saying that for the first time. I'm I, not I, saying it for the first time, but I'm just saying it and watching this game. Like, he can really run. Oh, he's so athletic. He's ridiculously athletic. He is. He is. Um Win inside, wins wins inside for a tackle for a one yard gain. Just a quick little step and swim, swat the center, and like swim, swat the center. Had a fumble recovery that was a big play. Had the sack fumble, looping outside on that play. When then he falls back in, and that's a great swat as Mullen steps up. And by the way, really nice block on that play as well to finish the sack fumble play. Yeah. This play where I'm talking about speed, it's a, the third and 14 college screen where he's rallying down the field. It's it's nice. Um, and then he had a tip ball in this game. Like The negatives, there are times where he's getting behind initially with the lateral movement in the run game. Center guard, double teams. You know, sometimes he can still shove back into the play. He's not getting Kendall Reyes down the field. <laughs> Thank God. But he, but he's getting behind the blocks a couple of the times, and that doesn't help them out in some of those situations. John Payne was an A-minus in this ball game. Well, look at what we got going here. On the Jonathan ball. Allen. Dude, he's so strong, smart. You know, At times he even loses initial leverage, but then he can still battle back across the face to regain leverage. It's awesome. It's the difference a lot of times in a three-yard gain or a six-plus. Six you know, it's just smart. You feel yourself getting behind a block a little bit. And so many guys just at that point, then play up the field and they're playing up the field out of gap. And that's exactly what you want in that zone stretch scheme. But instead of playing upfield out of gap, you just lose maybe a yard and then you cross face back into the front side of play. Jonathan Allen did this three or four times in, in this game, you know, all the credit went to chase young on that first college screen rally down the field. Mm-hmm. Watch Jonathan Allen on that play. I thought he hustled all day long. You, you talk about how fast Chase Young is. That's a second and seven on the second drive. Right. Pull that play up. Both Allen and Chase Young transition and get to the ball at the same time. Which play is it? It's on the second drive. It's a second down and seven. And I didn't denote exactly what second down it is on the second drive, but it's the second drive of that ball game for San Francisco in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. You'll find it very quickly. I got it right now. Short left to Brandon Ayuk for five yards. Right. I mean, it's still a five-yard gain, but you know, go to the end zone, copy of this thing, and watch Allen and Chase Young transition. They meet at the ball. Oh, Allen yeah. is just as fast. This All is, this is a Young, team, but... Cooley, that rallies to the football defensively. How many times have we said, God, it's a bad tackling team. It's a team that you you see guys that, that don't play till the whistle. Rivera's teams have always played that way. So have Del Rio's teams. They they are a hustling outfit. I mean, you got guys never chasing down from areas of the field that you don't think there's a chance they can make the play, but they're going through the motions of chasing it down. It's a team that plays with a ton of team speed, but because they're hustling, you see the team speed. There's no doubt about it. And they're getting faster. They're not actually getting faster. They're playing faster. Mm-hmm. 
two or three different times he beats a guard in front of his face jonathan allen does on the front side of zone plays it's just it's awesome he's making tackles for one two yard gains in those situations he's also really making it hard for them to get to the linebackers on the second level he had a great pass rush one-on-one in the first quarter on the fourth drive had a chance for a huge completion to Bourne down the middle the ball ends up being thrown just past him but jonathan allen has a quarterback hit on that play honestly if allen doesn't have a hit on that play Bourne has a chance to be over the top of the safety as well could have been a sixer oh it's sixer good bull rush at the in a quarterback hit at the end of the half on a third and 15 i'm i want you to pull up the third and 15 at the end of the half. The third and 14? Third and 14, <clears throat> end of the half. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And I'm going to just tell you how big this play is by Jonathan Allen. Because there are times when you realize, or when you don't realize, just how big a play is. Jonathan Allen gets in and makes a huge hit. It's a third and 15. Yeah, I got it. <clears throat> 20 got it. seconds just, left. He just pushes that pocket back and just... I mean, Mullen watch Kendall that. Fuller at the bottom of the screen. Jason Bourne is going to run a 15 yard double <laughs> Jason, move with the comeback. Jason and go. Bourne. Jason Bourne. What am I calling him? <laughs> KJ Bourne is his name. Jason Bourne. I'll tell you what, there's some good movies, a lot of them with Jason Bourne. <laughs> that's that's why I'm doing it. It's KJ Bourne. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm watching Fuller on this play. KJ Bourne runs a double move and Fuller tackles him. That ball's going to go to KJ Bourne. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to get called. That is a definitive holding penalty. It's actually a really smart play with 20 seconds left by Fuller right there to Uh, not let him get over the top. He got beat. Why he's jumping that double move, I don't know. You think that's coached right there to to absolutely grab him? Of course, there are 20 seconds left in the half. Well, it's not coached to get beat on a double move. No. But I mean, mean, on the numbers, Bourne is running a deep comeback and takeoff there's I don't know how they don't make this call well they don't make the call because the sack basically is happening simultaneously or the the hitting on on a quarterback and the quarterback is literally out of the pocket almost at that point well it's because Jonathan Allen has an incredible bull rush and then gets his hands all over Mullins and forces Mullins to just dump one out in into the ground yeah that, that's that's the difference of what? That's twenty yards downfield. That DPI. Yeah, they're probably going to get a chance at a field goal right there. That's how big that play is by Jonathan Allen. It's huge. Yep. And it's funny because you're going to get a, pre- a quarterback pressure on that thing. Maybe a, maybe a quarterback hit, but it's bigger than that. You know? Yeah. Those are game changers. Um, he had a missed tackle on a sack outside of the pocket. He's got to be so mad. Uh, you know, Montez Sweat ends up getting the sack, but it's a great swim move by Allen one-on-one, and he forces Mullins to flush right, and then he just misses him. Sweat ends up getting him. I'd be so mad if I was playing defensive line and missed a sack like that. Still a big-time play by Jonathan Allen. Um, look, again, some of the only negatives are, are kind of the – the pain negatives is you get caught playing behind a double team. And a lot of these are later in drives. It's what happens when you get tired and that's where they start to get some of the bigger runs. Right. It wasn't often, it wasn't common, but it happened two or three times to both of them. Jonathan Allen was an A in this game. We just gave every single starter along the, on the defensive front, an A, three, uh, two A's, an A plus for Young, an A for Sweat, an A for Allen, and an A minus for Payne. Wow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what about Settle and Kerrigan and the rest of them? Uh, Settle had one good bull rush early in the game. It's the third play of the game. Gets a quarterback hit on the play. Other than that, he was he was the one that really got stuck playing behind zone more times than anybody else. He had very little impact on any of the run plays. He's behind blocks. He had too little penetration, almost zero show up in the run. Settle was a D plus. And Ryan Kerrigan, you know, a couple really good bull rushes in this game. Um, The Chase Young sack early in the game, goodbye Kerrigan, make the dummy quarterback move to the left. And, and then here comes 
Chase Young flushing up to make that play. I actually wrote down, you asked me a question, how would I play Dwayne Haskins if I was Seattle? This is what I, this is the way I would play him. I would play man to man across the board is what to play on the Chase Young sack play. I think it's a third and four. They're dropping, they're dropping a middle linebacker as a alert player in the middle of the field. The safety is deep as a zone player. So you have two zone players in the safety and the linebacker, and then you're dropping that weak side defensive end to be another soft zone player initially, but then the second Dwayne would step up, I would just attack with that other defensive end. I'd bull him, bull from the other side, push him, force him to run left, step up and play. Watch that third and four early in the game with the Chase Young sack. That's exactly what I'd do to Dwayne. That's how I'd play him. Ryan Kerrigan, um, look, a couple of run plays too far upfield, pinned by the fullback. Um, good tackle on a third and 24 for no gain, chasing it down the backside. He, he's a guy that I think was moved a little bit too much at the point of attack. He does battle to get back inside on plays late, but he's moved too much at the point of attack. Kerrigan was a C-plus in this game. Okay. So, you know, all A's and then Kerrigan and, did, and Settle. Did you, did, did you review um, film-wise Smith yeah, Williams? Yeah, I like Smith Williams. I thought Smith Williams was – Made a couple good plays. Had a heck of a block. Oh, yeah, on the curl uh, interception return. On the curl interception return. Um, he was he was a C. He played, I think he played 14 plays, so I graded him. I graded him a C. I didn't have a ton of notes on this on, on him okay. in this game. They, you know, they, a C. They, they must like him a lot. He, his play count is never, you know, over the last few weeks has increased. He's part of the rotation a little bit. He, you know, two seventh-round picks, Curl and Smith-Williams contributing curl in a major way all right are we done with the d-line we're done with the d-line all right we'll get to the linebackers and or secondary next right after this word from one of our sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get to the linebackers and safeties. We'll start with Bostic. He was better in this game. Well, he was he better did. last week. Exactly. Uh, one of the things I've I've seen with Bostic is he's improving at avoiding offensive linemen in the run game, not necessarily taking on blocks. I want you to pull up the second play of the game in the end zone copy. Yep. It, it, it's a second down and one, and Mostert gets it. Gets two yards, he gets the first down. But watch Bostic in the middle of the field. Yeah, you know this has been one of those plays where there's a double between between the center and guard. The guard comes up, he gets all over Bostic, but Bostic slips outside, back inside, and he gets himself in on the tackle. And you're like, that's what we're talking about here. Our D line has the ability to eat up some of these double teams to give you space to avoid them on the second level. There's no double teams right now that are pushing vertical our defensive line back into the linebackers. They're displacing the offensive line enough that it makes it hard on some of these plays to get to the linebackers. So just avoid. And Bostic does it here. Yeah, he does a good job. And it, it doesn't seem like a big thing. It's a it's a two-yard game. They get a first down. But to me, those are the type of plays that are the difference between two yards and five yards. Right. Which is huge in the run game. So it's so much better. And throughout this game, a lot of times, avoiding when he can see a one-on-one -on -one collision coming. I thought he was better in the run-action pass. Um, the, the third drive of this game, there ends up being a completion downfield to Ayuk. I think it's for 17. But pull up the third drive of this game, the 17-yard completion to Ayuk down the field. And 
it's again, it's a second one run action pass, but watch Bostic on this thing. You know, Bostic steps up a little bit, but then he turns, he immediately looks up Ayuk on the crosser and he runs to exactly where Ayuk's going. He doesn't make the play, but that said, this is yeah. like, uh, to a lot of the first part of the season, some Romway Bostic that we're talking about. And on this particular play, it's really good eyes initially it's good look up it's good try to match a pattern he's a little bit late to it but my god this is a vast improvement about over what he's been in the past and you know what he can do and he has been able he can run he's got some speed yeah no doubt i think he does he could he can truly run so does holt so does holt um Another yeah, another one of these same type of plays. They end up completing that drift route in the third quarter. They go play action and then they drift the Ayuk into the middle of the field. And Bostic does a phenomenal job of recognizing this, almost picking it. it Ayuk ends up. It's the one that Ayuk ends up catching that should have been a no catch. They heard to the line of scrimmage. It was oh, that right. low ball. Yeah. But my God, Bostic turned and got himself in on that play. He almost picked it. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I fist pumped him. Let's go. Let's go, man. Was that it's you huge. know what? We we forgot about that play. That was a play that wasn't a catch, but we, they never had time to challenge it, right? Or my first? They did not have time to challenge it. Yeah. Well, they 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 had time, they just didn't they, challenge. They didn't it. challenge I mean, it. It's, it's 49ers went the ball. They, yeah. Sure. By the way, Ayuk is impressive to me. I think Ayuk's a really good player. Yeah, I think he's a second round pick. I thought he was at Arizona State. Uh, second rounder, I think he was. A first, or was I? No, I think I he was, was a first, a first round pick. Was yeah, he? He was first rounder. Yeah, Ayuk was a first round pick. Yeah, Ayuk's yeah. a good player. There's no doubt about it. Um, downfield on some screens, making some tackles again. He can run. Good leverage on the running back on an in break on the curl pick six. You know, the running back is running a choicer out here on the curl pick six and Mullins is working the running back to the left first, but Bostic's got good leverage on his drop and he turns down the in break. The running back should have just sat it down. It was soft zone. He should have turned, sat down, hooked up, but he breaks in and Bostic's right there. So the quarterback turns it down and then he makes a stupid idiot throw to Cameron curl who has a pick six. But Bostic initially <laughs> turns that thing down. He was trying to throw it. So you check. Um, God, that's a terrible throw. That, it doesn't matter if he, if he, it does not matter what Yuschek does on that play. He could sit there and wait for that ball. It makes literally no difference. That is a pick six the second it leaves his hand. Has, Yuschek has no impact on this play. You watch it 10 times and you cannot, t- the only thing Yuschek could do is immediately recognize that Curl's going to pick it and start tackling him. That's the only thing you could possibly do. It's going to be a pick. The, hu- the hustle by Smith Williams on that play is outstanding to get the block because he doesn't score. And you know what? With the offense playing the way it was, without that block, I mean, it's at the 45-yard line. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bostic, huge play in the fourth quarter on a third down and one to get out to the flat and break it up on Charlie Warner. Try to throw a flat to Charlie Warner on a third down and one. Yeah, I got it right and here. Your guy, it, Charlie it, Warner. It, it doesn't matter what Charlie Warner does. It doesn't matter right there if Charlie Warner catches that ball on the third one. Oh, Bostic's going to tackle him for no game. That's a great play. job by Bostic. And then... Later in the game on a fourth down and 10, he does a really good job getting in on a tackle. I think it was Bourne. It was Bourne or Ayuk that made that catch on a fourth and 10 um, that Bostic tackles him short with Darby. It was funny because Bostic did hold up fourth down at the end of that play. You're like, no, no, no. hold up five because that, that fourth down's over now. Yeah, well, that was the that was the, the last play. That was their last chance. You, you know, they're, they, they, yeah, they were exactly. still down eight and they threw it a little bit short. And, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, some of the negatives, which there were, um, struggles to avoid traffic and gets caught up inside the line of scrimmage. Like the first Debo sweep, Samuel sweep play. Like he's always, he keeps some of these, he's like almost tri- pre- pressing too hard to get into the line of scrimmage. That's what he's been coached to do lately. We know that, that he'd been too passive into the line of scrimmage. But as things start to go lateral, you got to f- scrape and fly over the top a little bit more. Uh, I think, and I wrote again, struggled number to, numbers to numbers, navigation of blocks, and he keeps wanting to get downhill too quick. He's beat by Mostert on the second drive of the game on a choice route. It's the first play of the second drive. You can pull this thing up if you just want to see a play that could have been a completely different play. Second drive of the game for San Francisco, they throw a choice route to Mostert. Yeah. It's, it's 100% a choice concept. Bostic overruns the initial arc release if Mostert breaks in here it's it's a I, Mostert could have went either way he's one-on-one with Bostic 
he ends up breaking out on this choice concept. I'm sure Kyle and everyone in the game, because there's no middle player in the middle of the field, right? Like it's a five man rush. They got no one in the middle of the field. Break in Mostert. He breaks out. Bostic yeah. rallies for a tackle for seven. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but if you watch this from the sideline, watch Bostic just completely overrun this to the outside. All Mostert's got to do is just double stick him inside, and it's it's 30. He didn't, though. Yeah. He didn't. Um, a couple times in the zone game, run through underneath too early, guessing, can't guess. Uh, not often, but once or twice, too cut up in run action pass all the way into the line of scrimmage. Um, and then lastly... It's a first and 10 with five minutes and 45 seconds in the second quarter left. I want you to pull up this play because I think we just it's it's become fun for me and I have to do it every single week, but we we're going to do it. It's five minutes, 45 seconds left in the second quarter. I'll let you pull it up and just watch Bostic and you can describe what happens on this play. Is it the second and 10? The play is exactly at five minutes and 45 seconds. Okay. I didn't write down the down and distance yeah, on this play. You get the wrong but, time here. You get the wrong times. No. I, five minutes I, and I 45 seconds of the second quarter? Yeah. Uh, okay, I got it now. I got it. Is this Jeff Wilson's one year, uh, six-yard run? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, where's Describe he going? Describe what you see. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I saw somebody running out on this side, and so I went over here to the right, but the play was actually going to the left and right up the middle where I was because it, it cut back right to where I was, but I decided that I was going to go all the way towards the sideline because something just flashed in front of my eyes. I thought I saw the ball out in the flat. I, this is, it happened to anyone, Coach. This it could happen pa- to anyone. Perry Riley it happened to all the time. He's the last player to recognize this. He sees the fly sweep motion. He then continues to go with the fly sweep motion. Then he looks back. Oh, it's back in there. So this happens to him every once in a while. It happens way less. It happened way less in this game. Right. John Bostick was a B. There we go. He plays at a B level. They're going to win games on defense. You get that player to play at a B level week in and week out, and they're going to win games on defense. Back-to-back, back A-minus last week against the Steelers for, for Bostic and a B this week. Yeah, that is a hell of a performance yeah. by a guy that was really struggling at times. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Cole Holcomb. Uh, again, I, I urge everybody to get the All-22, and you can pause the podcast while you listen to us and find some of these plays that Kevin and I, Kevin and I go through. But very first play of the game, watch Cole Holcomb get absolutely waxed by Trent Williams. My God, Trent Williams pulls outside, Holcomb's arcing to it, and Trent oh. Williams just <laughs> blows him up. <laughs> you know what? You, le- you love to start the game by getting hit. Now I'm ready to play. Whoa, dude. Ah, let's get those cobwebs out of here, man. Let's shake oh, my it up. God. Trent, I mean, Trent Williams. I mean, he can still play, can he? Oh, buddy. He just <laughs> took, took Cole Holcomb and put him straight on his back. It's the IU. <laughs> it is just, it's, well, it's the reverse. No, it's the Debo Samuel one play. Yeah, yeah, and maybe Debo the last Samuel play of the year. I think he's going on injury reserve after that play. Um, Oh my gosh! So Cole Holcomb just oh, gets flat backed. Yeah. I mean that—that's one where he got, he got silver backed. Is that one where the offensive line coach <laughs> is just running it over and over again yeah. in the meeting, over and over and over? I mean, look at Trent Williams just unload with his hips right there. It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, the the most play for nine yards that Shazer hit him big time. Cole is late on a scrape over the top. They had a corner blitz and then stunt inside with the defensive line. Cole Holcomb's got outside leverage. He is too soft on the outside. Can't keep his arm free. It's a weird attempt at an arm tackle for, for Holcomb. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe maybe he's still dazed early in that game from that Trent Williams hit. Uh, beat one-on-one by a Jordan Reed lookie inside. Uh, okay coverage, but it's caught. He gets crossed up by Jordan Reed. Gives up leverage late in the game on a toss on a fourth quarter drive on the touchdown drive he's taking on a block but he loses leverage outside uh i i thought holcomb 
you know, he shows speed from the backside to run things down and scrape over the top. But this, to me, was Holcomb's worst game. He was a C minus, bordering very close, right on that fringe of a D plus, but he was a C minus in this game. Okay. Cape- Kevin Pierre Lewis. Yeah. God, that sack he had where he blew up Juice was so big time, man. He's fast, too. That blitz off the edge, and he hit Yushek and knocked him straight down. No, that was a straight blow up. No trip, no nothing. Straight blow up, Yushek. Go make a play. Huge. Um, there's a, uh, one play where he's trying to come back inside, and he gets just pinned hard, not able to make the play. There's the play, the next drive, a couple plays later, where he's on the other side of the field and he starts to go inside and then he sheds back outside and makes a play. So a couple good plays. He didn't play a lot in this game. Did he get hurt because Sean Dion Hamilton started playing? Uh, you're right. He must have. Got- he, he I, I don't, I don't think he got hurt, but uh, Sean Dion Hamilton had almost the same number of snaps. Yeah, I thought Pierre Lewis was a B plus. Um, Deion Hamilton was a little bit better. He can get caught in the wash with his eyes. His his eyes and keys early. He struggles with some of the misdirection stuff and and run. He did have a huge stop on a second and one in the fourth quarter. Sniffs it out, gets in the backfield, finds a good fit, and tackles the running back for his no gain. And then Bostic had the stop on the third and one the next play. So that was big time by Sean Dion Hamilton, but he was a C minus in this game. Um, real quickly, um, just like I, I noticed after the fact that Inman didn't get any snaps, obviously they had had it with him. Thomas Davis didn't play at all in this game. Uh, no. After playing a little bit more against Pittsburgh. The one thing I've noticed with with Sean Dion Hamilton, they I think they like him in their short yardage packages uh, as their middle linebacker. Um, what did you give Hamilton? He was a C minus. Okay. Let's take a break for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we will get to the corners and safeties. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The secondary. We'll start with the safeties. Start with the Shazer Everett. Getting hit, man. That first play where he well, it's not the first play, but where he drills Mostert. Yeah. Coming off a block of Bourne, hits him with the shoulder and just I thought I thought that changed the way Mostert played in this game. Mostert still had some good runs, but man, he knocked Mostert down and you could see him kind of hesitate there for a second. Like, whoo, whoo, whoo. I mean, you know when you get hit like that. Uh, great drive on a boot play from center field. Puts a big hit on Ayuk on the sideline. Knocks him way into the sideline. But really good drive on the ball from center field to make that type of hit. I think he's starting to really know exactly what he's seen. Um, there's some plays where he's slow out of his back pedal, but you can see his eyes and his keys are really good in this game. So I, I feel like he's getting a better feel for what he's seen. Um, an awesome hit again on Mostert. Uh Actually, that's the one I just talked about. Right. Excuse me on that one. Uh, some of the negatives from DeShazer Everett. The receivers did a pretty good job of blocking him outside on the zone play. They push up at the corner, and then they really crack. San Francisco does a good job with that. Pierre Garçon used to do a phenomenal job with that, if you remember that push-crack type of play. Yep. Um, made it tough. He's trying to run through. He's got to understand those receivers are coming and block him from the outside, especially on the front side of the zone. Should have known that. Got blocked three or four times that way. Late drive on a deep crosser. Um Ayuk did a great job of flattening out the crosser. Shazer's late on the the drive on the ball, but he's still close. Like, he can see it. Uh, I thought once too flat-footed in the middle of the field, it's a shot to Bourne, the first play of the fourth drive. The ball's thrown out a little bit further than Bourne can get, but he's late on it driving that thing um, slow break on a corner route by Bourne as a cover two safety. It's a completion to Bourne, Jason Bourne. That is, yep. uh, <laughs> 
he has a great shoestring tackle on the play. The one thing I did notice, though, like he's late as a two safety driving hard to that out deep breaking corner out. But if you that deep corner that Bourne got, you can find it if you want wherever. He does a really good job. Both him and Cameron Curl are starting to do a very good job disguising coverage. So they're playing cover two, but both safeties are more towards the hash than they are the numbers. So it makes it hard for the quarterback to recognize some of these coverages. And he did recognize it and he still hit it, but I like that they're getting more confident that they're disguising coverage. And then he had a DPI hitting Ayuk in the back on a third down and four. Just go around and make a play for the play on the ball. Like, I know you want to hit him in the back, but make a play on the ball. How Ayuk caught that ball, I don't know. I know. Great catch. DeShazer Everett was a C in this ball game. Cameron Curl. Yeah. Uh, the positives. It's Dude, awesome drive on a quick outbreak by Ayuk um, and a pass breakup on the first drive of the game. Like, really good drive on on an outbreak. Ayuk's a good player, and he, he was all over that thing. I think he has a good feel for the run game. He falls back into plays on the front side of things. He gets gap control. He knows where the back's going to hit. He has good timing for when to fall back into plays. Uh, really good avoid of Trent Williams getting in on that tackle on the college screen that we talked about Jonathan Allen and chase young but he avoids trent williams right there to get back in that thing right does a really good job shedding wide receivers making tackles uh consistent pattern matching in this game he's getting so much better as an inside safety and matching some of these things inside great eyes on the interception td um really good feel for where he's sitting good anticipation of that ball uh they just they caught moans with his pants down right there that was that was brutal Blitz late in the game, spin out, flushes a quarterback, and it gets a big, big pressure for an incompletion. Later in the game, he has a tackle falling down on an inside college screen. <laughs> the inside tunnel screen gives up seven yards, but they end up not allowing a first dra- first down on that drive. He's fighting through a block. He makes a tackle falling down. It's a big tackle right there. You, it looks like seven. You're like, shoot, we gave up seven on that little screenplay, but they get a stop on second. They get a stop on third down. And so ultimately, that's a huge tackle, Kev. You never know what tackles are going to be huge. Um, third and two in the fourth quarter it's the play where sweat forces the holding uh, Jordan Reed's okay. running a, a, a choice route. They are bracketing Jordan Cole Holcomb and curl. Yep. Curl does a really good job, not giving up leverage to the outside, not allowing Jordan to break outside, forcing him inside, but keeping presence while he forces him inside to turn him over to Holcomb that the quarterback has to come off that thing. It makes Mullins take forever. And then, he ends up getting the ball out late to Bourne, yeah, which was complete, but yeah. because it took forever, Sweat would have been there for a sack. That's a really good job by um, Cameron Curl. Again, understanding concepts and pattern mashing. A uh, couple negatives. I think he can be better with a reroute of wide receiver in some of the tight split plays. Just get your hands on him a little bit more from inside. He did drop an interception at the end of the half on an overthrow by Mullins. That's not a huge negative, but he had a chance at an interception. Uh, ultimately, though, I thought Cameron Curl was exceptional in this game. I thought it was his best game. I thought it was his most consistent game. I thought he played all over the field, showed a bunch of different looks from safety positions. If it looks like he's feeling more comfortable, is physical, is aggressive, can run, can move, can tackle, he, he, he can cover. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's he's super versatile. You can have him in there as sort of a hybrid linebacker, and you can also have him as a slot corner. Yeah, you can play him in a ton of positions. And he played that slot corner early in the season, so he's right. comfortable inside at that spot. Cameron Curl was an A. All right. That's his highest grade of the season. <laughs> Jeremy Reeves came in and played. Yes, um, he did. Dude, one of the first plays you notice, Jeremy Reeves, they throw a seam to Ayuk up the numbers. The ball's a little bit underthrown, but – Jeremy Reeves does a phenomenal job with his eyes keen the quarterback and then breaking on that ball. And it's almost an interception. Great job reading the quarterback and really good speed from transition to the middle of the field to get to the numbers on Ayuk. He had a good tackle um, on the back in a flat. Uh, I thought consistently good job coming down and, and making some of those tackles. Uh Although he did have a missed tackle on Bourne on a third and two, the one with the holding play, he, he's taking a shot, I think, to keep him from getting the first down, but you can't miss that tackle coming down as a safety. You just got to make a play right there. Um, and then great break on a tackle on Reed on a short in route. Uh, it, it's a third down on the touchdown drive. It it stops them short. They end up getting to a fourth and four where Sweat roughed the passer, but that was a really good job right there on that little short in route by Jordan Reed. 
I think it was third and nine going into it to stop him short for a fourth down and four. I thought Reeves was a B plus. You know, the first play game. that you mentioned, actually, the, the play that you mentioned that where he nearly had the pick on the seam route, if that ball's thrown better, he probably does have a pick. I mean, what a break on the ball on that. I mean, he, and, and really showed speed. I mean, I we re- I haven't paid yeah. a lot of attention to, to, to Reeves, but as that, you know, as that deep, you know, single high free safety, man, did he break on that ball and he moved. And if that ball's a little bit better thrown by Mullins, which most of his balls were not, that probably is a pick on on the on his third snap of the game. Yeah, it, there's a good chance it's a pick. That ball would have had to be so perfect and widen the receiver outside the numbers to keep it from being picked or to give it any chances of completion. What did you that give Reeves? Been an A plus dime ball, B plus, B plus. All the right, cornerbacks in this game. There are three cornerbacks, and that'll finish our film breakdown for yep. the day. Ronald Darby. I thought Darby was really good. I did. I'm I'm watching in in, in its entirety. When you watch Darby in coverage throughout this game, he's not beat. He's good with his hands. He's really good in flipping his hips, running with receivers. He was good at transition at the top of his breaks. Um, made a couple of key plays in this game. But really, his jam, timing, disrupting receivers was big. Like the fourth and 12 that ended up being complete the last play of the game, the last chance of the game. That's a great job by Jarby. Darby jamming, 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 disrupting the timing, forcing the receiver to run that thing short at about nine yards. And then ultimately right there with Bostic to make the tackle. I mean, it's a completion thrown at him, but really good job being aggressive right there in a critical situation in that game versus just playing off. Um, earlier in the game, I think, well, actually the third quarter, we, there was a short in route thrown that he dr- drove on and broke it up. And you're like, that's awesome, man. I'm seeing more from Darby in terms of his transition and trust with them, some things. You know, you mentioned Ayuk being open a couple times and the middle of the field had some openings a couple times. Essentially, a big part of that is, I think, the way they're playing defense. Anything vertical pressing to hooking up, our corners are locking on a little bit more. They're turning things free to the inside of the field to linebackers and safeties to make some of those plays. It's just the way they play defense. It's the way they played defense from day one. Um, I thought Ronald Darby was an A-minus in this ballgame. I thought he was good. Kendall Fuller. I mean, we talked about the one <laughs> the one tackle play at the end of the half. It was right. like, God, you can't get beat on that. I said this last week. I'm going to say this again. Kendall Fuller is not good from off. He is very good from press. Yeah, the end, the, you're talking about the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, I'm talking about Pittsburgh game. I said this in the Pittsburgh game. I'm going to say this again. I've noticed that I don't think he's very good from off. I think he is very good from press. And I think he struggles as a two-invert player when they're dropping both of your corners to play two. Two-invert. The play that we talked about at the end of the half, that's what that is. It's a two-invert play. He's right. a two-safety inverted. Um, late on a midpoint in trail of Bourne, um, there's a shot downfield that's incomplete. It, he would have been over the top of Everett right there. Um, born as an inside receiver the outside receiver hooks up he's the cover three corner right there but it's still in his third born going up the numbers he's late trailing there he's behind it uh soft in coverage he falls down out of his back pedal on a, a on a born drop in the middle of the field he had a oh the the dpi on the shazer everett the ball I you caught, I have no idea why Fuller stopped trailing there. Like I thought that would have been an opportunity for him to undercut that thing. There was nobody else coming back out into his side of the field. I thought he could have undercut that thing for an interception opportunity, but he kind of just stops. And then I, you gets right in the middle of the field in front of DeShazer ever uh, bad tackle attempt on the touchdown by use check on the keeper, the boot made a business decision in that situation. A couple positive plays, you know, again, he's good with his hands and, and pressing, when he's uptight, like the first third and four, he does a great job driving on a ball and has a pass breakup. I've had a really good job on the Jordan Reed out route on a third and eight at the end of the half and, and a pass breakup in that situation. Right. When he's tight, he's good. When he's off, he's struggling a little bit. Kendall Fuller was a C minus in this game. Ooh, I Jimmy Moreland actually played I, I thought more it was, than I, I thought it was going to be a better grade for him. That's a, that's the most surprising. Grade yeah, I did too. All right. Jimmy, I thought it was going to be a better grade for him, too, Jimmy but Moreland. it was not. Uh, Jimmy Moreland was a D in this ball game. I didn't think he was good with underneath zone coverage. There's a play at the end of the second half where he was allowing a deeper throw. It's a bad throw by Mullins, who just sucks and shit the bed. But, like, 
it's 28 seconds left in the half and Jimmy Moreland's jumping a four yard whip route and they're throwing a 15 yard dig behind me. Like, dude, it's 28 seconds. Just come on, like, drop deeper. Uh, broken off by Bourne on the sweat penalty that we keep talking about a lot, but can't stick with him in that situation. He slipped inside on a third down and long, the touchdown drive. Uh, they completed a third down in, I don't know, 10, something like that. It was up the numbers to Ayuk on a little sit route. Right. Sticks route. He just loses leverage outside and lets Ayuk slip right inside of him right there. Like that's You can't you can't have that happen. And Ayuk's like right next to Jordan Reed, too. Can't have that happen. So um, I didn't think Jimmy Moreland was excellent in this game. Also, he's beat uh, on a looky route inside that was dropped as well. So... I didn't see Moreland impact in this game in a positive way, really, at all. And you gave but him a D. He was a D. And that is your secondary. All right, I got one that question right after one question today. for you right after this word from one of our sponsors. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At times, and you liked Reeves yesterday. How would Landon Collins have played had he 3-2-1? St- st- All right, last question for uh, Chris, and then we're going to wrap it up for the day. The question is this. You graded Cameron Curl the best grade you've given him all year. Um, You have liked Everett in that spot. Uh, You liked Reeves in the way he played. What do you think we would have been seeing from Landon Collins as the defense continued to ascend? Got to make this assumption that with the entire defense playing better, the secondary playing more consistent, them marrying coverage to some of their pass rush stuff much, much better throughout the back half of this season. I got to make the assumption that Landon Collins would have also taken some steps up. And it's funny when you look at Landon early in the year, there were at least three or four games that it was like an F in the first half and then ended up making adjustments, playing a little better in the second half of some of the ball games. Right. I, I look. He, he's an he's an excellent player, so I think he fits in just fine. The only question is if you really thought you had guys, Curl and Everett that could play strong safety. Do you consider trading him? That's why I'm asking the question. That's a that's an off season question. I'm just curious as to how you think Landon Collins would have been playing um, as part of this. I think he would have been playing better. I think I think he would have been playing better. I think he would have been playing more consistent. They found the, and the other thing I've noticed is Del Rio is really starting to get a good feel for who his players and where to play them. No doubt. All right, uh, and that takes some time. Good job. Uh, we will talk on Friday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.